we've had discussions about how the property factoring sector can be challenging at times. And a lot of this yeah. is potentially around dealing with angry and upset customers, mm-hmm. navigating difficult conversations, being able to deal with how that affects people working in the industry. Um, can your training help with that? Yes, uh, yes, because I do stuff around how to deal with, with difficult audiences, how to handle the demanding. That's how I like to put it. And I think a big part of that is, you know, going in. If you're going into a situation where you know there are going to be complaints, where you know there's going to be people antagonizing you, prepare for that in advance, right? What are some of the things that they could come up with? Okay, maybe I write down five different complaints they may have. What are going to be my my five different answers then to those complaints? You know, so, so for, yeah. preparing that in advance can help. Okay. And then also knowing how to deal with the difficult questions that yeah. come your way. You know, having a, a response, a, a structure in mind for your response can help tremendously. So yeah, any form of, of public speaking um, around whether it be handling the demanding or dealing with a friendly audience or any audience, yeah, I'm well into that and fascinated by it. Yeah, I can imagine. I say a couple of things. So I watched your video on dealing with a bulldozer in the office, <laughs> yeah. which I found fascinating. I, and actually, I've just been literally this morning been to pick up my other half's new car, right? And this car is 15 months late, okay, okay, because of various issues. And the guy I was chatting to, the guy who sold me the car, he said that now we, I think we waited pretty much the longest. You know, there was just problem after problem after problem. And then yeah. back in June, the company we were getting it from or the car manufacturer changed all its models. So actually, we couldn't even get the car we'd ordered. So we waited about 40 months, I think about the longest. And he said to me, this morning that he actually had to get someone else to phone me because he was utterly dreading mm. making that phone call to me. Um, and and But I was quite pragmatic about it because I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, now don't get me wrong, I probably have a reasonable temper and get annoyed about stuff, but, you know, there's nothing the guy could do about it. He didn't yeah. absolutely decide that I was not getting that car and he was going to give it to someone else. Yeah. Um, so, you know... But it, it, it's that fear, you know. He he said yeah. he had to have like ten conversations with or conversations with ten customers. Nine people screamed down the phone at him, and the one person he expected to, or actually possibly even had a right to do it, didn't do it. But I mean, mm. your training would have helped that situation as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it sounds like he built this scenario up on his yeah. head. And of course, he yeah. had those past nine experiences. So when he came to you, the 10th customer, he was like, oh, my God, I can't do I can't take yeah. this anymore. Yeah. This is going to be the worst one. This is going to end yeah. me, right? So it sounds like that situation occurred there. And yeah, perhaps preparing how to deal with customers who are facing delays is something that would have would have helped there. But I think there's a good point we can also transfer into, you know, AGMs or meetings like that for property factor managers. Yeah. Even if you do prepare for the, the worst case scenario, right? So you say you, you think it's going to be chaos when you get in there and you prepare in advance and you have all of your responses and all of that. If you do go in there and it's not chaos and it's actually quite pleasant or it's, you know, they're not as annoyed as you think, isn't it better to have that sort of, prepared in advance you know the worst case scenario and it's actually easier on the day as a result for you you know it it takes the pressure off when you get in there so i always say it's always better to prepare for the worst case scenario and then if that doesn't show up well then you've got an easy day in front of you yeah i think if you're you're not prepared it's going to be a lot worse 
Yeah. Exactly. And that, the moment you don't prepare for the worst, that's when the worst shows up, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, fair point. Fair point. That's a good good, good way to think about it. So um, we spoke about your book at the beginning, which I'm, I'm looking forward to reading, actually. Tell us about your book and how it relates to property factoring. Uh-huh. Well, in terms of property factoring, the, the five pillars of effective public speaking is, uh, let me use a property term, it's creating a foundation, a solid place to build upon. And basically, these are the five fundamental skills that you'll see in all great speakers, whether it's um, Obama or Oprah Winfrey or, or anyone in, in the spotlight, you will see these fundamental skills in their speaking. I'll, I'll tell you what they are. They are, firstly, body language, your nonverbal communication. Second, voice, how you hold people's attention. Third, structure, how you put together your presentation. Fourth, clarity, how clear your message is. And fifth, impact. And I define impact as leaving a lasting impression that inspires action. Because ultimately, why are we speaking unless people do something afterwards, right? We want to create change of some kind. So that's what the five pillars goes through. And from a property factor point of view, those five skills will help you in your AGM meetings or when you're dealing with clients face-to-face because ultimately you're covering key information in those yeah. meetings. You need to hold their attention, right? You need your information to be clear. And often it's not just you taking action after. You need the members of the, the property of the complex to do something after too. So that's yeah. where the impact piece comes in. Uh-huh. Okay, that's really interesting, the non-verbal part because all the way through this you've been very – kind of vocal with your hands, <laughs> shall we say. And I've been kind of sitting, sta- well, I'm standing, but I've been standing here leaning on my desk. So I think I have a lot to learn, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, I mean, this all, when it comes to gesturing, gesturing is great because it it backs up your verbal message. And so many people are, are visual learners. So if I can gesture and it supports what I'm saying, I'm aiding their learning. But the other factor in this is if I don't gesture and I just become a talking head like this, this is, especially for online, the presentation becomes more boring. Yeah, it's sure. duller for you to watch me right now. It's less engaging because I'm just a talking head. But right. if I do gesture, there's a bit more movement and movement keeps the brain active and stops it from falling into a pattern and, and switching off ultimately. So that's okay. why I, I'm very animated. And it's just my style as well. I'm not yeah. saying everyone should do this, but it is my style. I think I'm half Italian, Brian. <laughs> okay okay actually to be fair when i do stand up or what i do in um meetings i am very animated yeah. with my with my hands but i i guess there's a camera here so i'm like speak to the camera <laughs> well i can see the gestures coming through i think possibly just the camera's not capturing them because they're below yeah. the screen potentially and um, so yeah. positioning online is really yeah. important as well so nothing you is captured in sure. the little uh, square box. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay, cool. Okay, that's really interesting. Right, so, and finally, we have a new question um, because Blog Talk's been going for just over a year now. We have a, we have a, a different ending question now. Um, tell us something about you that people are generally surprised to find out about you. Generally surprised to find out. Um, I used to be incredibly shy. So when I was uh, a kid, um, people would often say, Kyle, can you even speak? Like, like it was that bad. I was-